I'm Emanuela. Hello, I'm Rose. I'm Victor. Hello, I'm Miriam. And you're listening to Safe Spaces. Hi, I am Godwin. You're listening to Safe Spaces. Hello. Hi, what's up? Hello? Yeah, I'm right here, relaxing. Oh, okay. You were running around? Yeah, I went to cut my hair and some errands for my parents. How long have you been back in Enugu? Uh, close to a month. So you're not coming back to Jos? I am, I am. You know, when the school, hopefully by the end of September, early October, I'll be back. What school is unless, that? Yeah, unless school starts miraculously, then I'll just have to get back. Oh, University of Jos? Uh, National Open University. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask a favor of you. So I started yes. a podcast. I'm sure you've seen me post up links of the podcast. Uh, on WhatsApp? Yeah, different places, actually. If you're friends with me on Facebook, it's on Facebook. Um, I post the links sometimes on WhatsApp. It's on Anchor, actually. Okay. Um, so basically, it's just a, you remember, I, like I did with when we were in 2016 with the diary. So it's really yeah. just me having conversations, not just around mental health and addiction and stuff, but that's what I'm starting with. So first episode I've had, first two episodes I've had was just a conversation. Do you remember? No. Yeah, so we had um, two conversations, really just talking about, yeah, chatting about how we met, um, talking about, first one was talking about her journey to to the center in 2016 and how we met um, yeah. and how things have been since she left, since that time. She has a baby now, so we talked a little bit about that as well. Second okay. time second time I spoke with her, it was about me, so it was more of her asking, doing the same, you know, returning the favor. It's really just any, it, it's a regular conversation, like any conversation we would typically have over the phone. So that's the idea for the podcast. It's really just um, that people who are in similar situations or, you know, who are younger and going through similar stuff should have an idea and know that, okay, this is not something that hasn't happened before and this is something that we can deal with because... Yeah, you can overcome it. Exactly. But how have you been faring? I've been okay now. You know, honestly, I thank God that essential healthcare is helping me you know, my relocation to Joss has really helped me a long way to be able to stay off a uh, tough time. So, okay. I met, so I met you in 2000 and 2016. It was, yeah. it was the first quarter of 2016. Yes. Yeah. My first impression of you was... Um, <laughs> my first Johnny impression... Bravo. Was what? Johnny Bravo. Was that what I said to you? Honestly, Forgive me. <laughs> but you can't really blame me, can you? No, I'm not. I'm not blaming you. You have the build. You have the. I mean, you don't have his short legs and everything, but you have the body. You're taller mm-hmm. than him, Sha. I hope you still have your nice build, Sha. I hope you still work out. Uh, no, I don't. I had a surgery on my. You know, normally I do a lot of press ups. I had a surgery. I had uh, an issue, gangrene. One of my uh, my wrists. Oh. So I went and did surgery on it, and the surgery didn't heal very well. So I haven't been able to do press oh. for a while. Yeah. Uh, but at least you're not going round, sure. Yeah. 
Sorry about that. I hope you heal soon. Yeah, I pray. I pray. Yeah, so just a little background. You know, while we were in there, sometimes we would talk about um, our individual journeys and how we got there and our individual lives. Uh, because we all we had was each other in there. There was nobody else to talk to. But I don't think I ever yeah. took the time to just sit down and properly listen to you as to how you found yourself in that situation in 2016. So if you have the time now, I'd be happy to listen. Well, uh, now I came back from the United States uh, in 2004. So, you know, in, in America, being used to the Indian hemp, I, 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 when I came down here, uh, I hung out with some friends and uh, I took the Indian hemp they, they, they have here. The yeah. And then all of a sudden, I started hallucinating. This Honestly, was when? Yeah, this was in 2004. Okay. Yeah, 2005, uh, 2004, because I returned to Nigeria in uh, January 2004. Okay. So while I was in the country, while I was in the country, I smoked Indian hemp with a friend, with a friend, and I started hallucinating. Uh, that was new to me because I've been smoking pot for a while. Yeah, for a while. So I was kind of wondering what was going on. And the voices I was hearing were voices of people I knew. You were hearing people voices? I'm telling you, I was hearing voices tormenting me. And the first thing I was hearing are voices of people I knew. So initially, my dad wanted me to go to, to see a doctor, a psychiatric doctor, to treat me. But I, I, I was very skeptical because I was in the United States Army. And I, and I wanted to go back. I just been discharged from uh, the, the United States Army Reserve. So I, I, I knew that if I have any kind of mental illness, I couldn't go back to active duty again. Yeah. And I might get, I might get thrown out of the army completely. Yeah. So I didn't want to uh, go to a psychiatric hospital. I just wanted to see if in time the hallucination would stop. But it wasn't. And uh, finally, uh, in uh, December of 2004, I was taken to the, hospital, the psychiatric hospital in Enugu, and I was treated there. Yeah. And then, but even after my discharge, after a while of being lonely in Nigeria, I do not do anything. I found myself going back into substances again. I started taking it, and I was being treated. So it was for you. It was it, for you. It was just marijuana. It was just that was the only thing I used. I've ever used. Yeah. I've not used any other drug but marijuana. Yeah. That was the only drug I've ever tasted my whole life. Okay. So I, And you I, don't do I, alcohol? I mean, I, I'm not really. Okay, I, I drink socially, occasionally I, I drink. But yeah. normally on, on a very good day, you don't find me drinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not the ag- alcoholic kind of guy, even I, though sometimes socially I drink. I'm curious, yeah. though. You, you were talking about how when you came back home and you smoked here, you, your reaction, you know, hallucinating and hearing voices and stuff, this had never happened to you before? No, it hasn't. It hasn't. Before that time? Honestly. So you think it was whatever you smoked here that, that caused that? Caused, caused it, yeah. And the thing is that even while I, while I wasn't taking substances, I still hear the voices. Even today, I'm still hearing those voices and the commentation. I'm very curious, Honestly. though. What do You say people you know, but what do the voices say? Commenting uh, me, telling me I wouldn't go back to America, that I will never amount to anything in life, and strange things like that. Okay. 
I know back yeah. in I know back in 2016 when we met and when I asked and when I asked um, the, you said the diagnosis for you was schizophrenia. Yeah, that was what they diagnosed me with schizophrenia. And you'd never had any issues, you know, anything, any symptoms pointing to the fact that you could have any sort of mental issues, let alone schizophrenia, did you? Uh, in America, I was diagnosed uh, with bipolar. With Bi bipolar syndrome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, mild bipolar, the doctor said that they couldn't see any, that she, she wasn't so sure if I had it, but she goes diagnosed me with it, even though she's not very sure that if I have it with, with more time than counseling, yeah. that's when she's going to be very firm. But, uh, but as of the moment, she couldn't say for if, if I was bi uh, if I have bipolar. She said she's going to be diagnosed with mild bipolar. Yeah. Because I was behaving normally when I was admitted in the hospital, and you know the police took me there because I was having frequent uh, encounter with police in America. Yeah. I was always having frequent uh, altercation with the police. So Why do you think that was? I don't know. I was just uh, I was just a very rebellious child, very stubborn. Okay. Honestly, yeah, okay. I was very stubborn and rebellious. So I was always having frequent running with the police all the time. What? Could you please could you please do me a favor and just describe one of these incidences with the police that would make anybody think that you needed a check? Uh, it's always you know uh, I was always disobedient to their instructions. I was always disobedient to their instructions. Uh, they would give me an instruction, I'll do my own thing. I wouldn't even listen to what they were saying. Yeah. And there was one time I was in my car. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I was in my final year in America. Even though I didn't finish, but as of then, I was in my final year in the East. What so were you I studying? Was, uh, criminal justice. Okay. So I just uh, had this court case that I hit hang on. I, I hit somebody in the leg. I ran away from the crime scene, but that wasn't what happened. But that's what the police were trying to pin me with. They were trying to mm -hmm. get me into the system. They wanted yeah. me to be a part of the system, their system, because I've always had misdemeanors everywhere, but no, 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 no serious case of felony. Okay. So, so I, I guess they want, wanted me to be in the system, you know, so that finally I can be... Uh, I, I can I can I can go through the normal incarceration and the rest. So yeah. was was that what led to what were those some of the things that led to you coming back home? Yes, I just one day after a while of too much having problems in America. You know, I've been, since I came to America, I've not traveled home. I, I left them for the United States in 1995. Yeah. And then since 2003, I've not been home. So I just said, let me just head home and see what's going on in Nigeria. Yeah. See if I can have a, a rating, you know, to think, to think, to plan my life much better. So that if I ever come back to America, I wouldn't make the same mistakes I made while I was there. When you were That's there, you were with family? family? Yes, I was, I was living with my family. I had a green card. Uh, yeah, I went for my naturalization, even though the process wasn't through years, but I decided to come. Okay. Um, sorry, yeah. I, sorry I took you back, but then you were trying to explain. So you came here and then... Um, you started hearing these voices after you started smoking weed here. Yeah, yeah. So, so what what did you do? Uh, I, I thought it was my my dad because I had a distant relationship with my dad. Yeah. Growing up, I, I've I've never gotten along with my with my father. Yeah. I've never really gotten along with him, so I thought that he's responsible for what I'm going through. 
How so? You mean like he was responsible, like he had done, he had judged you, or what? What, yes, what were you yes, thinking? Yes, uh, I was saying that maybe he had judged me, honestly. So what did you honestly. do? Uh, I took it out of the stands. I broke all the levers, all the windows, and the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they took me to psychiatric hospital because I was getting I was that word again. Uh, Paranoid. Not paranoid. Uh, uh, I was getting out of control. Uh, oh. Manic. I was getting manic. Okay. I had, uh, yeah, episode, manic episode. Okay. Yeah, I had mania, you know. Uh, I was aggressive. Very oh boy, and with your size, if I, if I, I don't even want to imagine what you're like. Actually, I know what, I have an idea what you're like when you're, <laughs> when you're aggressive because I've seen it once or twice, haven't I? <laughs> I have no. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen small now. <laughs> but no. But you know that's the funny thing. Um, look, that's the funny thing, Bam. My first impression of you was totally different from the you that I I got to know over time in those weeks that we spent together at the center. You know, at first I was like, ah, oh boy, this guy. <laughs> this guy, if he holds me with one hand, I'm dead. So I was like, ah, no. But then you you're actually pretty sweet. To be fair to you, um, sorry. Don't let me don't let me distract you. So, so this was in 2004 that you went to the hospital in Enugu. Your, who yeah, took you there? Your mom? Yeah. No, my dad. My mom was in America. Oh, so your your dad took you there? Yes. But your mom was aware what was going on. Yes. So how long did you stay there in Enugu? One month. A month. How was that compared to to the center that we met at in 2016? It was hell. The sometimes way better. God. Enugu was hell. It was hell. What's the difference? The 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 the, the hygiene of the hospital was just bad. Ah. Uh, okay. The hygiene, the hygiene of the hospital was very poor. The food was poor. No electricity. No electricity. Uh, it's a government-run no, no, facility. I'm telling you, government-run. Is it federal or state? Federal, federal new psychiatric hospital. Federal was very bad. Okay, so one month of that. It was hell for me. So at that, so you stayed there for just one month. Yeah. And after that, everything went back to normal, or? Uh, you know, I was on heavy medication, so I only say things went back to normal. I was on heavy medication. I was sleeping most of the time. During yeah. This time I'll be sleeping, and then when I wake up, it's already evening. And uh, before you know it, I take my, my evening medication again, I go back to sleep. So yeah. I gained tremendous weight. I gained weight. How long yeah. were you on medications for after you you were discharged? I was on medication for two good years. Oh boy, that's but two I, years of sleep. I'm telling you, after, after, sleeping after beauty. that, honestly, <laughs> just sleeping most of the time. Yeah. Just sleeping. So... But because I was idling any good, nothing to do, I was just sitting around, I you know, I, I couldn't get I couldn't get admission because admission involved writing jam and YX. Yeah. Because I didn't finish I didn't finish my secondary school in Nigeria. I finished my secondary school in the United States. Yeah. <coughs> and you know in Nigeria for you to get admission into the higher institution you must have YX. A recognized certificate. Yeah. Yeah. You must have YX and then you have to write jam. And I don't have YX. And I tried to transfer to to transfer into uh, the university here in in Enugu, University of Nigeria and Soka, but the people were not they were just not being straightforward with me. They were just 
kicking me around. But why was it difficult for you to apply to write WAEC or JAM? I know people do it, even external students. You see, uh, the, the thing is that my, the course I was taking in America was kind of like a science course, but also an art course. So oh. writing WAEC was like touching my world all over again. Yeah, it, it seemed like a lot. Honestly, I, I was not motivated. How old were you at the time? I was at uh, 27. I was oh. 25 when I came. I was 25 when I came back to Nigeria. But by 2007, when I finally, when the doctor started reducing my medication, yeah. I was 27 years. I was okay. 27 years. So by then, I sure did not have the motivation of writing work, and I was also seeing what was going on in the high institution. One, two, after we go on strike. Yeah. One, two, we go on strike. And I've been into the campuses, I've gone to the lecture hall, I can see the great multitude that yeah. comes to start. I was not it was totally different, yeah. Totally different from what I'm used to. I was like, God, God can I restart? Where will I restart in Nigeria? This is Safe Spaces. Hello, my name is Mimi, and you're listening to Space Safe. <laughs> space Space. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you say? I listen to what? Face spaces. Face spaces. Hello, my name is Mimi, and you're listening to Safe Spaces. Hi, I am Godwin Asuko. You're listening to Safe Spaces. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Totally different from what I'm used to. I was like, God, God can I restart? Where will I restart in Nigeria? Yeah. So for that reason, I was just sitting at home being idle, not doing anything. And my parents especially my mother has resolved that she doesn't want me to come back to America because she was afraid of my life. If I keep having these frequent warnings with police officers, all these days they're going to kill me like they've killed all these... Uh, you listen to the news now, CNN. Look at yeah, all of course, of course. Here. Every other day it's a different my mom, news. My mom, was, my mom was afraid that one day it would be me. Yeah. One day it would be this guy because we're always having frequent warnings with police officers. And one day they will just move it and shoot the guy because I'm already in the system. I'm already in the system. And then she was just, you are not coming back to America. You are going to stay in Nigeria. Yeah. Honestly, she refused for me to come back to America that I should just pass a new life in Nigeria. So two years after they started reducing your medication, two years after you were um, discharged from in the hospital, in the facility in Enugu, then what? Well, why was it two years exactly? And what did you do after those two years? After two years of being there, when my, when my mom, because she tried, she came back from America on vacation with my brothers and sisters, and they just told me that I was not going back to America again. So my, my heart melted that after a while, I found myself taking India hemp again. I went back to smoking weed again. Okay. I went back smoking weed and 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 uh, this time uh, it wasn't as bad as when I started hearing voices, so I continued. Yeah. 
So my, my dad wanted me to stop, so he took me to the NDA, uh, ND, NDLEA rehabilitation program. Where? In, in, in a Nigerian uh, Drug Law Enforcement Agency, they have... Also in Enugu? Yeah, yeah. yeah what year was this? Nigeria. It was in 2000 and I think 7 or 8. Yeah, around okay. 2007 or 8, yeah. Okay. They took me there for this drug treatment, and uh, it wasn't successful. Even while I was in NDLEA, I was still smoking in there. Wait, so, I'm sorry. Hold up. Um, wait, I'm conf Wait, you were smoking in NDLEA in Enugu. How are you getting? How are you getting weed to smoke in in um, NDLEA facility? I smuggled it in. Ah, so like visitors? No. I went out because normally they allow me to go to the hospital to collect my medication. Wait, so you go from NDLEA by yourself to the hospital to collect medication? Yes, because I I I, I was uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, I, I I I was able to I was I, I gained their trust. Oh. I gained the trust of, of the of the of the officers there because oh. I was behaving very well. I was yeah. behaving very well while I was in drug and Nigerian drug law enforcement agency. But they yeah. trusted me so well that they allowed me to go to the hospital on my own. Yeah. To go and see the doctor and collect my medication and then come back to... to but for to, other to, people, usually they would, they would send somebody with them. Yes, yes. But for me, they allowed me to go yeah. because, uh, because of my good behavior, I gained trust. So wait, wait. Yeah, so, so, even yeah. when, so even when you get it and you come back in... I'm, I'm trying to understand because, like you remember, the se at the center, it's almost impossible for you to be they, smoking, they, they to be smoking anything. No, no, right? minus the searching. Even it, once you're in, it's almost impossible to find like a corner where no, nobody will see or smell anything for people who smoke. So, how do you smoke in the premises? It must be really large. It was large. It was a big hall. It was a big hall that that where they kept prisoners. But this, but this, this hall. They, 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 they kept it specially for, for those in the treatment, the treatment center. Okay. But the thing is that everybody, the thing is that everybody inside that cell that we were all staying. You call it a cell? It was like a cell, but it was a big, big hall, like a cell. Okay. And then we came with our mattresses and we slept. slept like like NYSC cab? Thank you, something like that. Ah, uh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so, so the thing is that everybody, uh, everybody, uh, you know, joined in the smoking of the weed and cigarettes. Because oh, so no snitching. Be, no snitching. No snitching. No snitching. There was one guy that snitched. There was one because he wanted to leave. He wanted to leave the drug treatment program. Yeah. He said, "What is the use when everybody is smoking? So what's the point that you were making trouble?" And yeah. he went and snitched. And he went and finished, but they still did not put it on me. Everybody, because I was the only person that was going out to, 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 going out to go and get something. Yeah. So they needed me to be bringing in that merchandise for them. Yeah. Everybody needed me. You were the number one suspect, obviously. You were the obvious suspect, yeah. I, 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 I was the obvious suspect, but they didn't do anything to me. They, 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 after a while, I was discharged. Yeah. They let me go. After a while, they let me go. How long did you stay there? I stayed there for about six months. Old. Okay. Yeah. And then what? And then when I got out, I still went back smoking again. 
I still went back smoking again. Okay. So, and and was it like was it like for you that you noticed that every time you you smoked the hallucinations and the voices got worse? Did you notice that or was it just normal? Uh, 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 you know, I don't know how to explain it, but the voices I don't think was kind of changing from voices to fermentation. Like something was slapping me. Something was what? Between me slapping me and the head. Seriously? I'm telling you, I couldn't see who was doing it. Even during the day? I'm telling you, even while I'm talking to people, I can be walking on the street, having conversation in the social and still what's happening. Oh, okay. But I noticed but I noticed that there's this kind of ego that I smoke, this green leaf marijuana, this kind of special kind of marijuana. As if I take it, green leaf. Okay, because I know they all have names. Every day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's this one green leaf and okay. it's very potent. Okay. It's very potent. You know, the THC content is very high. Okay. But I, I smoke the marijuana and I don't feel the pain of the slapping. You don't feel the pain, but, but was, you still, wait, wait, you don't feel the pain, but you still feel like somebody slapped you. Yes, but I wouldn't feel the pain. And we know when I'm being slapped, but because I'm so high, I wouldn't be feeling it. But the problem is that you have to keep smoking all the time. And the reason why I prefer smoking than the drugs is that the medication makes you sleep all the time. You were trying the to stay awake. I, I, you know, I wanted to stay awake because if you are sleeping, then you get fat. Oh, didn't you complain? But didn't you complain to your doctor, or your therapist? The doctors, right? Yeah. They, they told me that they told me I have to keep taking it. Yeah, I remember that time because even uh, what's his name, the other guy, the, the other guy, uh, I think I remember he also yeah. had the same issue when we came in that time in 2016. He was always yeah. sleepy. Even when he was awake, he looked like he was going to drop. <laughs> he, he looked like yeah. he was going to fall, fall asleep. He also was yeah. diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yeah. Yeah. The medication, the medication makes you sleep all the time. Yeah. And that is why, that's one of the reasons why I didn't like the medication. Yeah. I preferred, I preferred uh, what's it called, taking the marijuana with the high THC content. Because I can go about my day, do all the things I want to do, be jovial, be jovial, be, 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 be hang out with people. Be it's normal. Yeah. yeah, to be my normal self, unlike the, the medication that makes you dull, tired, sleepy, weak, weak, you can't do anything you want yeah. to do, you tired all the time, I'm telling you. I know. I prefer the marijuana. I prefer the marijuana. That's why and I And the slap. You didn't mind being slapped. I, I didn't mind being slapped when I was in the marijuana. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't mind. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so we're, we're going forward to after you left the um, NDLEA facility and you came back out and you went back to smoking. What year, what period was that? 2009 ish? 2007, 2008, going to 2009. Okay. So I was taking back to the psychiatric hospital again because I became. Uh, I had a, an episode yeah. uh, uh, of Fania. Uh, what, what? Called it. I, I smashed everything in my father's house and I was thinking my dad was responsible for, for all my problems. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, I know your dad comes up very often. Like even in 2016, you were still, even though at that time you were not saying it as in he was responsible for what you were going through. But you, I, I know we had another issue. We'll, we'll get to that when we reach 2016. I just want us to for, follow this 
to follow this chronologically so that we can yeah. understand how we got to 2016. So at this point, we're around 2009. So uh, I was taken back to psychiatric hospital. And I was, I was thinking that my dad is not my biological father, that they're lying to me. Exactly. Honestly, I'm telling you, I was saying that my dad wasn't my biological father, that they're lying to me, that uh, he can't be my biological father because he was showing no love for me. How does he want me to be fat? How does he want me to be, to be tired all the time? I can't be myself. And he's telling me that I'm here. How am I here? Well, At some point, I remember you even saying that because you don't look like him. You you had yeah, suspicions that someone else you looked yeah, like was my biological father. Do you still feel like that? No, I don't anymore. I was wrong. They did they did a DNA test and it turned out that he's my biological father. Okay. When did you do so, the test? Uh, even before I came to the hospital in 2016, I've done the test, but I still you were because I in 2016 you still didn't believe even with the test. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't. Because we, we, we were very different. Yeah. Me and my dad are two different people. We don't agree on anything. But how come? But how come you're not close? You didn't grow up around him. Now my dad is a lawyer. He has, you know, he's a lawyer trained by the British system. When the British were still ruling Nigeria, he still has that authoritative attitude, and he doesn't work for me. I just kept a distance from him. Oh, okay. My dad would be home. He'd be upstairs. Everybody would be downstairs. You know, he's just a strange man, honestly. Even okay. right now that he's sick, even right now that he's sick, he's still strange by commanding my mother. My mother is looking after him, but he's commanding my mom. I'm supposed to be looking after him. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I just wonder what kind of attitude is that? You're supposed to, to, to be showing some, some kind of love and sympathy for the person looking after you, but you're always authoritative. And for that reason, people don't like being around you. Yeah. Honestly. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why I wasn't around him all the time. I didn't like being around him because he didn't know how to show affection yeah. to, to his children. And also, he, 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 when it comes to emotional intelligence, he has a view. Yeah. So 2009-ish is where we are now. We're still building yes. up to 2000. Yeah. So I was taken back in the hospital in December 2009. And this time around, I did 10 months. To the extent that my mo my mother, because of this issue, she retired from from hospital in America and she was coming back to Nigeria, so she could help me there. You understand? I'm saying. Are you an, uh, you're obviously not an only child. How many siblings do you have? I have four. Uh, we are fine for all together. I have four four other siblings. And you were the only one here. Yes. So she was going to leave and the rest of them there and come here for you. Yes, honestly, I'm still the only person here. All of them are settled in the United States. Okay. Yes. So how did that go? Uh, it was okay. I still couldn't let go of the marijuana, honestly. Even after she was I back here with you? Honestly. When I stopped smoking marijuana was when I was brought to, to job. When was this? That's 2016? No, that was 2012. My first admission was in 2012. Oh, okay. Hmm. How so, was that experience? Uh, I honestly, Quicksensha was uh, a very nice place. People tend to listen to you, and uh, the medication, they try to walk it around to make it fit you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They make the medication and everything to fit you so that you can live your life, and then uh, you can continue with your life, even though you're, having, you're taking medication, your life can be still moving on. 
Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Instead yeah. of just being redundant. Honestly, instead of just being redundant, they'll try to adjust the medication in such a way that it fits you. So how long was that, that your that first, is, how long was your first stay at the center in 2012? Six months. Okay, and you think it did you good? Yes, it did. I mean, I, but I came back here and I had complications. I started having psychological adversity dysfunction. How? Can you, can you explain that? I don't, I don't know how to explain this honestly. I just started having erectile dysfunction. Okay. One day, just one day like this, I just noticed that my, 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 my reproductive, my reproductive It's okay to say penis. It. It's okay to say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's, this is PG-18. Yes, so please. I, I, just, I just noticed that I don't, I don't have any more erection. I'm just okay. Okay. Honestly, normally when you wake up in the morning, when you see a, a, a good-looking woman, your 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 man who just that just wasn't happening anymore. It wasn't happening anymore. I just wonder what happened. So what did so you do? The doctor took a, took a, um, discontinued all my medications because they said that the medications at times contribute yes. to such ailments. Of course, yeah. They took away they took away all my medications. They they discontinued it. And they told me to just continue with my life, let's see how things go. With what? If it is continue with my life, let's see how things go. Let's see let them whether you can stabilize. Yeah, it will just come back on its own. Okay. Even to today, you see, I'm still having that problem. It comes and, and goes, or it's it, permanently like that. It's like that. Psychological. It's not even. It's not even physiological. It's psychological. Because if you put on a, an adult movie, if you put on an adult movie. My 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 penis gets up. Okay. You start I'm saying. But the thing is that when it comes to sex, it doesn't. You don't feel it. You don't. Sex, you don't. Yeah. Honestly, it doesn't respond. Why? If you put on put on an adult movie, it comes up. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Christy. You still you, you haven't complained. You haven't complained to the doctors. I have now. Over overly, I even went to a special. I, I even went to a specialist hospital. We did all the tests. Everything in my body is normal. Everything is functioning. Everything concerning my health is okay. Yeah. And then know what's wrong. So you're still on that, or okay? So we're going even, back. Yeah. Even to today, I'm still having psychological erectile dysfunction. So what are you going to do? What do you plan to do about that? I don't what, know. What's the advice you know. got? I don't know. To, to just keep praying and hoping the best. I don't know. Yeah, so, so after your mom came back and you went in 2012, your first time at the center for half a year or so, um, yeah. then you left the center. What did you do next? Uh, I went back to, to work. I started work. My mother opened a company in Nigeria. Yeah. She opened a company in Nigeria. I started working for her. Yeah. The company, an event management company. We own cold banks, uh, canopy, chairs. If yeah. somebody's having a party, a, a, a wedding, they invite their colors to supply canopies, chairs, tables, covan. And I started working in the company. That's what I've been doing from, from that time all the way to, to 2016 when you met me. My name is Kimberly, and you're listening to Safe Spaces.
My name is Kimberly, and you're listening to Safe Spaces. When I started working in the company, that's what I've been doing from, from that time all the way to 2016 when you met me. Yeah. Yeah. So what brought you back in 2016? I mean, because that's, uh, like, that's what, that's at least four years in between or so. Yeah. Uh, after so many years of waiting for the psychological erectile dysfunction to correct himself and the I found myself taking in their hand again. Did it help? Yeah. Does it help? Uh, no. No, it didn't. So it didn't. Oh, but it wasn't for that you were taking it. It was just because you were frustrated by it. Yes, I was frustrated. I was frustrated. Yeah. So, so that's how you that's how we ended up together in that dissenter in 2016. Yes, yes. Huh. But but how do you feel now? I mean, you after we left the center, you went back for a bit and you know did you know I don't know were you volunteering? You worked there for a little bit. Um, why did why did you leave? Uh, I did, you see, when I, when after my treatment in 2016, I was sent back to the east. Yes. To continue working for my mother. Yeah. I went back there, I went back, and again and again, I became frustrated again, I started taking their hands. So they brought me back again on 2017. Yeah. But then you weren't, you weren't there. I was brought back there in 2017. And then, uh, I, 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 while I was there, my mother, my son, my mother, and matron agreed, arranged that I should, even after my treatment, that I should stay, I should stay for a little while, in the center, I should be working in the center. So they like could I keep an eye on things. Environment. Yeah, they need to think of the environment. Yeah. So that I can continue with my life. So I, I felt that that might be because the pressure was on me. Look at me. I'm 42 years old now. I'm going to be 42. You're 42? I'm not. I'm going to be 42 in October. Ooh. But you're a fine boy and for I'm a 42 year old, Not anything, I'm just saying. If you still look the way you looked in 2016, trust me, you're good to go. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the, the pressure was on me, and all my mates are getting married, and you are not. What's wrong with you? You know, start on things. Look at me, I'm 42 now. I'm looking for two in October. But is that I'm something that? But is that something that bothers you, wanting to be married? Do you want to be married because your mates are married, or do you want to be married because you, know, you think know, it's something you really want? Listen, in in Ibolan, to be honest, in this part of the world, in the East, in South East. Yeah. Most forty-two year old men should be married. According to custom. According to tradition. According to tradition, you should be married. The pressure is on on me. Everybody. But do you think it's something that would make you happy? That is what I'm asking you. Forget tradition for a while. Uh, Honestly, yes. If if it wasn't for the setback uh, for the psychological record dysfunction, I should be married by now. You think you're ready? even if you are not ready, you should, you know, don't wait, don't wait, wait for, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait for when you see it, right, for you to stop lying. Okay, but let me ask you something for a second. Um, I didn't ask earlier, what, what has your romantic life been like with relationships? How does that go so far? In fact, uh, since, you know, since I still have been working at this function, I haven't had any relationship except recently that uh, I met this girl in job. I'm dating right now, so. But uh, while uh-huh. I was in, in the east, when I, while I was in the southeast, I didn't have any relationship because I didn't have the courage to even approach a woman 
Yeah. Because of this problem. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I was afraid that she might find out. If she finds out and she doesn't affect me like that, I'm finished because you go and tell everybody. And if she tells everybody, then I'll be living in shame. So, but the person you're dating now, so what, what I deduce from what you said is that the person you're dating now is, you're really just on that friendly level at this point. It's nothing physical. You're just friends and getting to know each other. No, there's been some physical contact between both of us. And that's how you know that you still have that problem? Yes. Okay. But she accepts it. She's, she's aware? Yes, she is. Okay. So I guess she's being patient. Yes. Okay, I really hope that works out for you because you could really do with the companionship, it seems. Yeah. So you're back in Enugu now. You you, you enrolled for the uh, National Open University. What are you studying? At uh, criminology. Criminology at the National Open University. Yeah, and security studies. You went back to the same course. You must really like it. Kind of, honestly. That was, you know, I did a transfer. I did a transfer, so that was... That was equivalent to the criminal justice I was studying in America. Yeah. So they gave me criminology, which is, which is like equivalent to what I was studying in America. So I didn't have to write YF or JAM. Yeah. Do you, I, I don't, um, while we were, again, going back to 2016, while we were at the center, you were friendly generally with everybody. But I don't know if I could say that you had any one friend in particular. You seem very reserved. Is that how you've always been, or is that? Are, are you? Yeah. If I came back from America, I can say I didn't want. You know, when I was in America, I was just making friends anyhow, without having any virtues or principles to build the foundation of my friendship. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what they say: birds of the same feather flock together. But this time, I'm looking to make sure that I, that people I call Your my friends. friends are actually. I actually like birds of the same feather. I have the same feather like that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Because if not, you can just be in the wrong crowd, which will just give you a bad name that you don't deserve. So did you make new friends here in Joss? Yes, I did. Oh, great. So you guys are in touch? Yes. Safe spaces. So the plan is to come back whenever school resumes. You were saying hopefully yes. towards the end of the year. Um, hopefully I should be heading back to Joss like late September, early October. So, how is your recovery coming along, Sha? I mean... Oh, it's, going, it's going on well, bro. It's going on well. I'm just praying that God will see me too, that I wouldn't have any reason to relax again, no? Yeah, when was, last, when was the last time you had a joint? When was the last time you had uh, a joint? Uh, that, 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 that would be in 2017. 2017? Yeah, that's not bad. That's three years. Yes. Nice. So, you're never afraid that you're going to go back and you're, you're going to relapse? Never? Uh, honestly, you sound fear. like you are a little. I am now. I am fear of the unknown. You are I'm saying having this, uh, having this erectile dysfunction is always that. That's it's a stressing you out. Honestly, it's a trigger for me, and it's still there. So, but, but why there. don't you talk? But you were around the, you so many doctors for a while while you were at the center. Why didn't you talk to them about it and ask for uh, some sort of professional advice, counseling? I've, I, 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 I have talked to doctors about it. They themselves are having this nonchalant attitude. I don't know. Yeah, it's to, for them it's not a priority. Honestly, it's not a priority, honestly. Hey, you might have to seek that help somewhere else. You might need to seek help somewhere else, obviously. But honestly. 
One one mm. one day at a time. One thing at a time, Abby. Yes. But you sound calmer now. You sound more comfortable. I, I I'm hoping you don't have any more episodes. I feel I feel good. No, but I like the way you sound now. I'll be honest, because at the end of the day, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is people need to hear the voices of. You know, people who have these issues. You know, like the way you were saying that at first you thought it was your father or somebody was doing you jazz, and then you discover, okay, no, this is a psychological problem I'm having, and you know, try to deal with it as what it is, not as something that you imagine it is. You know, not some imag- yeah. figment of your ima- imagination. Um, I, I yeah. think that's where it starts. So, for me, having conversations like having conversations with you or with other people, you know, about around this, and I'm going to talk with the doctors. Like I keep saying, at some point on the podcast, I have to talk to one or two of the doctors so that they can give a clearer perspective um it's when we talk really for me it's also just to help somebody who doesn't know what to do with their situation because let's be let's face it when it start when these things started when i started having problems with alcohol i didn't know it was a problem <laughs> do you understand even till i met you yes even till i met you at the center i mean i knew of course at that point it had gotten it had deteriorated so much that at that point i knew i had a problem but you know when it started i i didn't think it was a problem i thought it was like you you know you said oh i'd rather do this it seems to be helping so for me i thought it was a solution i didn't a solution to something else i didn't think it was going to eventually be a big problem for me <laughs> you know um, but we thank God, thank God for life. We're here. Uh, I'm, I, I feel very hopeful. I feel very, very hopeful. Uh, yeah. So, but what was your first impression of me? Also, I'm curious. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, uh, I just when you told, when you told me that you work in the radio company, the first okay. When I first saw you, uh, I thought you, 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 you were this girl alive. I mean, now we guys. Only God knows this and this chick. What? What? Wait, 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 sorry. You, you, have to, you have to take that slowly so I understand what you're saying. I said when I saw you, you know, because you know, it seems like you have more male friends than female friends. Do you know that's the first thing, the other person, that's the first thing Claire said to me when I was talking to her. She said the first time she noticed me when she came into the center, came back into the center, was that I was hanging out with the guys at the pool table. So you're the, second person, you're the second person saying this. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I saw you hanging out with so many guys, so I, I, I said in my mind, I hope you are not a mischief. Aww. Honestly. And then one day like that, I saw you on PRTV. I was like, is this a journalist? And they were like, yeah, that's when I, I, I started understanding why you are so jovial, why you like interacting with people so much. Probably uh. you are turning turned into a career. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I saw, I saw you on TV uh, while you were doing, it, uh, I think, a show with... Uh, for uh, the center. Yeah, for the center, though. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw you on PRTV where you were doing, doing a show on the center, you know, trying to enlighten people in just about drug abuse and where they can get help. Hmm. So when I, saw, when I saw you on PRTV, that was when I, I, I came to understand that, look, you know, why that you like interacting with people? Because probably... And when, and even if I like interacting with people, how is it that I'm only interacting with boys now? They were, but there were girls in, at the center now. Yeah, but not too many girls. No, not too yeah. many girls. Yeah. You know, remember, there are more guys than girls. Of course. It, it, was, it, was, more, like a, it was like 80-20. Yes, yes. There are more guys than girls. Why do we, then, wait, 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 that's something else I wanted to ask and I, I've been meaning to ask and I will ask 
says, when I speak with him, how come very often it's fewer women than men? Do you think it's because women have fewer, women don't have the same, because for instance, um, there was a, when I came, there was a woman in my room and she had a issues similar to yours. They had diagnosed her with schizophrenia. She was having similar uh, symptoms like you, hallucinating, hearing voices. I'm sure you know, I, you might not know the per person I'm talking about, Shah. She had left before you came in, but why do you think we have more guys than females at the center at any point in I time? Think it, I, think, I, I think it's, uh, you know, remember uh, in, in this part of the world, it's a, it's a male-dominated society. Yeah. So, you know, taking substances, it's much easier finding guys taking substances than women. You know what I'm saying? It's much easier finding guys using substances. At least in the women. open. In the open, because we have these taboos and the rest, uh, culture, stigma. Kind of stigma and the rest. Are you listening to Safe Spaces? Safe Spaces. My name is Kimberly, and you're listening to Safe Spaces. So, you know, taking substances, it's much easier finding guys taking substances than women. You know what I'm saying? It's much easier finding guys using substances. At least in the open. In the open, because we have these taboos and the rest, uh, culture, stigma. Stigma and the rest that kind of makes Okay, so that brings, uh, that brings me to another point. Sorry to, yes. So that brings me to another point. How have you fared with, is it something you hide when you meet people, um, you know, that you've, you know, you've been to, to rehab or that you've had these issues or that you're dealing with this psychological problem? Is it something you try to hide or is it something you've learned to just live with? Like it's I normal. Think, normally when you meet a person, you wouldn't want to, to tell them everything about you because you don't yeah. really know if this person is here to stay in your life. Yeah. But if you find out that the person is here to stay, it's best that you know you tell them issues about your life so that they will know where you are coming from. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They will know where you are coming from. So sometimes maybe they'll say they want to go somewhere and you tell them you don't want to go. Yeah, they, they will understand. Why, yeah? They'll understand why you don't want to go because let's be very careful. Yeah. Any little thing can turn into a trigger. Yeah, of course. Sometimes during the, during the dry season, when they're doing bush burning, you know, the grass alone, when they're burning grass, it smells like weed. <laughs> I'm telling you, you have to be very careful. When they're burning grass, it smells like weed. It's like a turn into a trigger. Just because you're walking, at, just walking on the wrong area. Walking in the wrong area and then you start getting crazy. So I'm going to ask you this. Um, so it, you, you sound almost like you miss it. Sometimes I'm telling you because you know we we we, we remember I'm in the I'm in the hip hop hip hop culture. Mm. Hip hop hip hop comes with weed. You understand what I'm saying? So you you feel it's like something is missing. So yes. if if you are listening if you are still listening to music, it almost you know. Unless it's you completely turn and start listening to gospel music, which is, is going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult. Why is Anytime it difficult? There's Christian, wait, no, why is it difficult? There's Christian rap, there's Christian rock, there's Christian hip-hop, there's not, Christian R&B. 
He's still not as good as that rap you're listening to. He wants to, to hear all the curse words. He wants to hear all the mother. Mm. Listen, listen. I don't want to hear the curse words. But still, the message still, is I've different. I've tried this many times. I've tried this many times. There's a time I, I, I give away all my CDs. So that I, I will give up on listening to those kind of music. But still, it comes back. So you think, your choice of music has, you think your choice of music has a lot to do with your choice of substance? Well, well like, honestly. Okay, so, that's interesting. So, so what's the plan going forward, though, for you? Are you feeling optimistic about the future? Do you feel like this is something you can overcome? Are you feeling, I mean, and that, that, that's another thing, the God factor. Thank God you brought Christian and gospel music into this. You know, very often with the 12 steps, for instance, we have religion ingrained into or religious principles ingrained into those 12 steps and a lot of the treatment for AA or whatever it is. Um, how do you feel about that God factor in, in terms of treatment, in, in terms of your, your treatment? Do you think it makes any difference? It does. It's only through God's help that you can overcome this problem. Yeah. Only God, only, only if God is holding you by the hand and working with you, can you overcome this problem. Addiction is not, it's not, an easy, it's not an easy thing to overcome. Honestly. So do you feel only like he's God holding your hand? So now, do you feel like now he's holding your hand and that you're going to get through it? Honestly, I feel like that. I feel like that. Even though I'm still, you know, while on this medication, while I'm in school, at times I feel uncertain what's going to happen. But I just remember that it took me one day at a time. You know, that's, that's what the first step of the day, you one day at a time. Yeah. One day at a time. So you confront your issues one day at a time. As you overcome today, there are chances that you overcome the following day. So, oh. I think it was really nice. I didn't plan this conversation with you. It was last minute that you came to my mind. Um, that's another thing about you, though. You seem when somebody sees you at first, they think you're unapproachable. Like you're diff like they don't, you know, they're afraid to talk to you or they don't know how you react. But I'll tell you, in reality, as a kid, my experience with you is you're a very easygoing, sweet guy. You you not get wahala. You not get wahala. Yeah. Thank you. And of course, I wish you the best. We're, we're in this together, aren't we? So. My my joy will be that all of us make progress together. You know that one day we'll wow. sit down, one day we'll sit down and you know, do small chops and and laugh at all of the things that we've done and all of the things that we've been through. You know, and wow. all of this will become history and that we can tell other people and tell them. You know, that you, you know when you yeah that, yeah that when you talk to people you'll confidently tell them look um, don't do this and don't think about it like this because I used to and you know this helped and this didn't help. And, and this might be helpful to you. I think that's the point of these conversations. So thank you. Thank you, Christine. And I'm really that's hoping fine. for myself as well. Pray for me. Pray that I keep up the energy. I've had a lot of energy lately. Um, I, I went back to, you know, I went back to outpatient therapy with the doctors. About oh. two months ago. Honestly, I, see, I feel the difference. So I'm praying that I keep up this energy and that, you know, I'm able to make some progress on that front, really. So and we're together. By God's grace, we'll make it. Safe spaces. All right. Hey, Christy. Yeah. You still work at work, right? No, but, well, I go there sometimes. I visit sometimes on Sundays just to hang out and help with the show. But um, I haven't, because of this corona period, I haven't been there very often. I went there like three weeks ago. I think it was the, an the anniversary. But I don't go as regularly as I used to. I, I, I will find a way to go back, Sha, because I feel like it's unfair that I'm in this town and, you know. And running away from that. Yeah, yeah.
yeah, but I will. I'll find a way. I'll find something, a more permanent arrangement, so I can be there more often. Okay. okay. Yeah. I look forward to you coming back to Jos. Hopefully. By God's mercy, I'm going to see me around early October. Do you like it here? Do you prefer just to being down south? Honestly, I was, I was initially I was enjoying just but and I was enjoying just and the cold weather. Yeah. But this time around, the cold weather I wanted to deal with you. Well, that was one, one of the reasons I ran back to LA. Honestly, it was very cold for me, honestly. Ha. December never even comes if you don't they talk like this. Honestly. You'll get used honestly. to it. And what are you talking about? Where, where you lived in Jan, was it not cold? It was, yeah, it was. Uh-huh. So what yeah, are you talking yeah, about? There's a lot of things that keep the brother warm there at night. Okay, now. Okay, now. But I'm not, I'm not that anymore, so it's not easy. I'm telling you, the cold work I'm dealing with you. Do you feel more in charge of your life? Uh, to some extent, I do. I can even hear it. I know, I know, I, I know it is the decisions I make that will affect my life. Yeah. If I make the right decisions, things will turn out well for me. If I make wrong decisions, things will so it's my choices. My choices will decide where I'm going. So that's that's how I know that I'm in charge of my life. So you're in charge of the choices you make. Yeah. And those choices are gonna determine what 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 actually is gonna happen to you. Hmm. So if somebody that's younger if somebody younger than you say some twelve year old twelve is pretty young, but yeah, it's not impossible. But let's say some teenager, eighteen, nineteen early 20s you know says to you i'm having these symptoms or you have a conversation or you run into someone who who says they they you know they've been showing symptoms like you were in the past what would you say to them though i'll tell them honestly if your choices in life that will determine where you are going if you make the right choices then you'll be on the right path if you make one choices you will fail in life. But then how, now, do you make the, how do you make the right choices if you don't know what your options are? That's what I'm trying to because tell you. Like, uh-huh, because, like, because like like I told you, I said, if I'd known the things I know now, if I'd known them years ago, maybe I would have yeah. made different choices. I didn't know it was different an option. Choices. So I can learn from other people's experiences, honestly. Learn from other, that's what white people do. White people learn from other people's experiences. Listen to people talk. And from what they're saying, you try to get, gain one or two things that can positively influence you. No, but the, yes, the way I'm you're saying, saying, but but the way you're saying it now, you're saying it as if if I'm 20 years old or 24 years old or whatever, and I I just walk around and I just decide, oh, I'm going to look for somebody who's schizophrenic, or I'm going to look for somebody who's an alcoholic, or I'm going to look for somebody who's been doing weed, or I'm going to. It doesn't really work like that. It does it because most of these things, most people who do these things or who have these problems usually are not out in the open and holding a placard and saying I am this or I... You know, you, know, you know what they say, family is the first social institution. Family is the first social institution. Okay, so... so what, 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 what were you told in your family concerning this thing? What did your family members tell you? If you look, that's what white people do, they listen to their family because... You're assuming everybody has a functional family. But by God's mercy and grace, if you find yourself in a rehab, you have a functional family because somebody is paying the bills and they... Because somebody cares somebody about pay, you that much. Somebody cares about you, but so that but, person that cares about you told you something. Wait, but, but, but also, is he, but, 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 is, but is he... Hold up. That's another thing. So the first time for a lot of us when 
you know, when you, your first experience with rehab, typically you're, rebe- you're being rebellious, like you said before. So a lot of these people are not thinking that this person who has brought me to this facility is doing this because they want to help me or because they love me. They're just thinking, oh, this person is trying to, you know, this person is trying to hold me down or this person is trying to be controlling or whatever it is. Um, So how do you deal with a rebellious child? That's what I'm telling you. It takes the grace of God to overcome the problem of addiction. He has to understand. at times, you know what they say, the shoe that is wearing the shoe knows where it's going to be. Yeah. So sometimes you might think people are against you. But nobody, nobody that nobody that cares about you in this difficult Nigeria will throw away hundred and eighty thousand naira. You understand what I'm saying? Three months. Just to just to pin you down. Yeah. That is money that they use to make people somebody in life. Yeah. That is the money they use to train people. Yeah. So you have to really consider some of these things. That's why you have to listen. Listen for other people's experiences. Listen. Honestly, pray and listen. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody will earn 180000 and then just bring you to a psychiatric hospital away like that. For one month, to just keep somebody. For one month, just one month. So yeah. you have to think about all these things. I'll take you into consideration. You know, because only people that love you will, be, will, will care. People that don't love you, we don't really care what happens to you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. And then, you have to be paying, observing others. That's what's why, you know, there's a wisdom that comes from observing people. You learn from other people's experiences. Watch other people. What they're going through in life. Even your friends, your family members. Yeah. What? You are always going to pick up one or two things that will help you in life. All right, that's the sound of the popo. That means we have to go. All right, All I'm right. just joking, but yes, I do have to run. Um, but it was really nice talking to you. I'll call you in a bit, but I have to attend to something now. Okay, no problem. Yeah. You okay. have a fantastic week. I'll talk to you soon. And thank, thank you, you very much. All right. Bye. Are you listening to Safe Spaces? Safe Spaces. How far? Evening, no. Good evening. Are you still at work? No, I'm home. Okay, because I was like, oh, you seemed a little uncomfortable. I'm like, are you at work? No, Christy. How are you? you I'm all right. How are you? Thanking God, preparing for exams. Oh, when is your exam? Next week, Tuesday, after Easter. For how long? For two weeks. How many papers are you writing? Uh, six. What course is it you're doing again? Criminology. How is that coming along? It's coming along fine. It's very difficult, but I thank God. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and it also gives you, you know, for me, it really also just gives you something, something to focus on other than anything else that doesn't really help. <laughs> that is true. So I, really, I really wish you well. Thank you. How have you been? I do. I'm also just hanging in there. I'm fine. Have you seen you on Facebook? And sometimes. Yeah, you be posting. Sometimes. So what have you been up to, though? Oh, same old same. No, I lost my dad. I just buried him. When? Uh, sometime in February. He died in October last year, but we buried him in February. Oh, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't hear. Yeah. So, I just Very came back. With, yeah, thank you. 
just came back from the burial, uh, uh, school, work, uh, not nothing much. Or just well, school you, and work. Well, how um, if you don't have to answer, but I was just wondering, how did it feel being at his burial? Do you feel like, do you feel like maybe you didn't really get to spend time with him because you had all that time doubting him? Yes, yes, I felt like that. Yeah. Honestly, I had so many regrets because uh, the the latter part of of our relationship, I found out that my dad wasn't such a bad person. Yeah, I just misunderstood him. But at least you got that opportunity. Yeah, to reconcile with him, yes. yes. For me, that's usually yeah. the best part. Honestly, that gave me peace and hope, yeah. Yeah, God bless yeah. you. I'm sure, he, I'm sure yeah. he was happy, you know, going knowing that, okay, this guy's in a better state of mind, you know? Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I wish you were yeah. yeah, how's your parents? They're fine. They're here. They're getting older, small, small. Sometimes they do yeah. something and you realize these people are not the people they were a while ago. Yeah, you still live at home, right? Yes, I live with them. Okay, that's good. That's good. Hmm. That's good. Where do you work these days? Um, so I work for the government. Yeah. I told you this before, no? I forgot. Latu State Government or Federal Government? Oh, well, if I tell you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> if I told you, I would have to kill you. Uh, so it's a, it's a secret service kind of work. Yeah, it's in a secret service. <laughs> um, not exactly, but yeah. When I when I actually do see you, that I saw Yahaya the other day. Yeah, how is he doing? He looks fine to me. Apparently, he's married or something. He's I don't know. Yeah, like he's he's married. got married. Yeah, he got married. Yes. Yes, yes so I saw him the other evening. Okay. At, I saw you, you took a picture with him and posted it. Oh yes, I, oh yeah, exactly. I did. I saw it there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing well. He graduated from a from a what's it called a uni job, music. Yeah, I'm very happy for him. You know, honestly. while it's happening, it doesn't look like a nice thing that's happening. But honestly, at the end of the day, if that's the only way to make sure that you know things go as they should, then you won't regret it. That is true. That is true. You won't regret it. Yeah. Thank God we even have people who would do that for us. Honestly. Honestly. Yeah. How's Honestly. your mom? Uh, she's okay. She's doing well. She's in Enugu? Yes. Yeah, what's she up to? I'm sure Itama, she's... Of course, they're all getting older, but they don't want to stay one place. They have to Honestly. find something to do. You know, uh, she, she, she's running a business. This uh, event management business. Oh, that's sounds... yeah, went... what you were doing before, right? Yeah, that you know, it's her company. She started the business. She's still running it. Okay. Even though, even though during the COVID nineteen, it was slow, pandemic, of course. Yeah, business became very slow, yeah. and then now look at the economy. The economy is very bad. People don't really do that much events anymore. Yeah. So, so the business is very slow right now. But still, she 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 goes to the office. Every day, hoping for business. So that's how she's keeping. Even though she told me she's lonely, I'm waiting yeah. to finish my yeah. I'm waiting to finish my exam so I can go home and spend some time with her. 
Yes. Yeah, so. Well, you know what? The funny thing is, um, so I, I was um, just recently, just you know how people talk on social media, whatever, the conversation about uh, living with your folks as if it's because you don't want any responsibility. The truth is, sometimes it's actually even easier just doing your own thing. But they actually, they actually, they need it, to put it that way. Nobody's going to come and leave what they're doing and come and stay with your folks the way you would stay with them, right? Stay with them, that is true. That yeah, is so true. they bring somebody, the person doesn't have anything invested in them like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's and the person might not really know them like you know them. Sorry? The person might not really know them like you know them. And the person also will not be as patient with them as I will be. Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. It's always good. When, it's always good in their old age. Let one of their children be around. If they're lucky, but I answer everybody. If I, if everybody don't go, who won't come? Yeah, you you that, leave that, your own family. Now. Honestly, because you can't stay with your parents. That, somebody must have to. Somebody must have to because in the case of any kind of medical problems or challenges, the person can give a background history uh, of the parents. You know, but for me, it's not even just about the medical, like direct medical challenges. It's also just the, you know, all they have now is time. It's also just the company and the the feeling yeah. that you're responsible for someone or that you're doing something you've done all of your life. Now that everybody is not there, you still want to feel like you're useful. That is true. That is true. Oh, yes. Um, yes, it's many things, sure. But yeah, everything, I believe everything happens in its time. Reach your that mom, try to take care of her. Of yeah. course, sometimes they'll also drive you off the wall because you're like totally different. You're like two grown people in the same space. So sometimes, yes, you will have moments of a bigger, bigger, bigger. But yeah, in all, it's not bad. It's not, I yeah. can't say it's bad. Honestly. Honestly, you are right. Reach your mom, see her when you talk to her. Okay, okay. Um, right. like, wait, like always, I'm going to ask your permission. Do I have your permission, if you don't mind, someday soon to edit and share this conversation? If you say no, I won't. But there are many things mm -hmm. just randomly come up when I talk to you, and I never know what I'll need. Yeah, you can share the conversation. I'll share it with you first. If you agree, if you don't mind, then I will share it elsewhere. All right, all right. Okay, so I'll let you know, Sha. Thank you, Izzy. All right. All right. Take care of yourself and all the best with your exam. All right. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.